0: Welcome to the Animal Files podcast. We have an incredible guest today. We have Bam, the founder and president of the Gibbon Society.
2: Hi, everyone. First of all, thank you to you, Victoria and Miranda, for inviting me to your amazing podcast. Yeah, there's our society called Gibbon Conservation Society and the project under the society called Gibbon Rehabilitation Project Malaysia. Nice. Mm -hmm.
0: So it's going to be a fun one. So strap in and enjoy the show. I will let Miranda start us off.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So before we get started, let's just do an introduction, a full introduction of BAM and get more of an understanding of what her background is, what her role is,
2: and what she's been up to over the last few years. Sounds like it's gonna be a good time. Hi. <laughs> okay. My actually my full name is Mariani Ramli, but uh most people, or friends, family, you know, colleagues call me Bam. And I I was a wildlife ranger. Worked with the wildlife department of Malaysia for uh for more than ten years. And um on two thousand thirteen, I started working on gibbons due to the how to say. Actually, I used to be, I I used to pet gibbons because I don't have the proper awareness, you know. Uh, and then I, I remember during that time I really love the animals, but um I have to say I love primates, you know, because they are closer to us, you know, their facial expression, their sound. So I volunteered myself to take care of one gibbon named Alec, at the at our uh, rescue center that time. And um, I, I never know the words of rehabilitation at that time. So volunteering, taking care of Alec, for me, means like bringing him everywhere, sleeping with him, sharing food. So I didn't realize that actually that is like, that's not supposed to be done to a wildlife, mm. you know. And um, But after living with him for a few months, then I realized like the, the space in my house is not big enough for him and he's always throw tantrum you know pulling up things and sometimes the food that I gave him is make him bloated mm. so from there I start reading mm-hmm. and when I started reading then I found out the words rehabilitation and I went to the you know to the first Gibbon rehabilitation project in the world which is in Thailand mm. so I went there to do volunteering and learn from them and then I continue, I then search again for another place and I, I went to Cambodia to volunteer and learn and I wanted to, you know, apply the, the things that I learned in Malaysia. Unfortunately, not long after that, Alec died mm. because of bacterial infection and that, that really broke my heart because I, you know, I didn't manage to, to apply what I learned, the things that I learned purposely to, to help him, but yeah, he, he just died. So, mm. I feel like I just keep on blaming myself and all. But not long after that, I received a call asking uh, people that, you know they, know, they found out I taking care of gibbon and they wanted to surrender another Gibbons to me. And I realized that time I just said no, I don't think too long. I just I said I cannot do that because I, I'm not qualified enough. The Gibbons under my care died because of my careless and all. Mm-hmm. But he, he said, um, at least you managed to take care of Alec for a long time. So he said, maybe if you cannot take him, you can just visit me and advise what can I do to my gibbon. So I drove like four hours to that place. And the moment I reached that place, I just say yes, let me take care of him. Because that gibbon, his his I name him Daru, is really in a really, really sad condition. He's been kept in the small enclosure mm-hmm. under banana trees and the children keep on poking on him. So I just cried then. I said, He's okay I will take care of him and um, from there Daru and then people start you know sending more gibbons to me Dali and from there I started to apply the rehabilitation to started the project ribbon rehabilitation in Malaysia mm-hmm. yeah beautiful
0: gosh it must have been such a learning journey I mean ups and downs a roller coaster ride of emotions
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I'm so glad that the gibbons found you yes.
2: <laughs> And I'm glad that they, because it's, it's a bit difficult to, you know, to gain their trust since they most of them are traumatic. They, they, people hurt them, but the fact that they allow me to help them is a blessing is a, I mean, I'm glad I feel lucky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's an amazing story. And I'm sure that, what was the name of the, the first given that you had? Ah, uh, Alec. Alec. I'm sure Alec. Yeah is probably looking down and really supporting what you're doing right now. You know, I'm sure he's very happy.
2: No, you want to make me cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because this project, like like Victoria said, ups and downs. It's really difficult to make people understand the importance of rehabilitation and even to support, you know, because I started from zero using my own money. And every time I feel down, I will just, you know, remember Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's good work. Uh, it, yeah. It's noble work. We, we just had a, a radio show where I, I call it anybody who helped animals is doing God's work. That's, <laughs> I mean, it's just the people that have the ability to do such incredible service for these animals. Just they have a huge place in my heart. So thank you. I don't know very much about given most primates fascinate me. Just because, as you said, they're both they're very close to us mm-hmm. genetically, and it's just incredible the stories that we hear with people who work very closely with mm-hmm.
1: them. Yeah, I watched the—I don't remember which channel it was now—but there was uh, an interview with you on YouTube that Beatrice had shared with me, and it was talking about your experience with doing what you're doing and how you got started, but. I remember you mentioning that it was very difficult, that you didn't get a lot of support from family and maybe other people as well, that it's been kind of a a lonely journey for you, or at least it was back at that time.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, because, you know, I started the project while I still studying, uh, and then I I, I, I don't pretty much for four years during my study, I don't have like, during weekdays, I will I will go to my class and then weekends, I will go to the jungle to bring the gibbons. This is before I start the proper system for my rehabilitation project. So the fact also in Malaysia, when women doing something like this, people will say, you shouldn't do this. You just, why you are wasting your time? Even my close friend, why are you wasting your time? Go and make your own children rather than, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of animals, babies and all. So, yeah, that's really, that's what made me feel alone before this. But thankfully, as years passed by, I, I received more supports for people that, you know, started to understand the objective of the project and passionate about the animals.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you that's a lot of dedication to be able to just push forward and follow what you're passionate about and what you feel is important despite what other people might think and say. I think that's amazing.
0: You always got a friend with the animal files. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: Is it a common? I'm I'm guessing I know the answer, but is it a common? challenge in Malaysia for a lot of people to have wildlife as pets?
2: Yeah, actually some people know it is illegal, but some people also don't have proper, how you call that, education or awareness about having wildlife as pets. Mm-hmm. They are These people are animal lovers, but they're taught like, I love them and I want to own them. They don't really... myself if i don't start you know go overseas or to start reading i will like my mentality is i i want to help you know by keeping them uh, spared. so right things getting really worse here in malaysia since 2013 uh together with the social media you know when people start using instagram facebook youtube yeah. yeah the illegal traders started to you know using this platform to promote all this wildlife selling this wildlife online mm-hmm. and um, since last year 2020 our the loophole in our wildlife conservation act has been exploited by all these illegal traders because there are no section provided for you know for selling wildlife online so these people are happily they have like have like 100000s of, of followers you know even the cele- the celebrities are kept keeping wildlife as and showing off on their social media and Encourage more demands uh, for having wildlife as pets. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. Really That's bad. Shame. It yeah, because
1: yeah, all people see on on these different uh-huh. platforms is how cute these animals look. And uh-huh. they don't see the behind the scenes and what else is going on. And, yeah. you know, they don't realize that these animals require a certain way of eating. They can't just be fed whatever because they're going to get sick mm-hmm. and they're not domesticated so their behaviors are going to be completely different than a domesticated animal and trying to deal and respond to those behaviors can I think result in some very dangerous and traumatic results I guess <laughs> I can't think of a better word Actually,
0: <laughs> yeah, all the stress that these animals feel are most of it is caused by us humans mm-hmm. You know, and some unknowingly, and others do it willfully, and that's the shame.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, even there's times where you know you can see like expat gibbons being abandoned by the side of the road, being hit by a car, eating rubbish, and some expats, other like macaque or leaf monkeys that you know, of like macaque attacking human mm. because they used to be by the owners, but when these primates, they can't really. I mean, yeah, when they are below one years old, they will, You can sort of like a bit control them, but when they reach after eight months or one year old, they are becoming more active and start pulling things. And these irresponsible owners just left them by the side of the road where they don't know how to live. Mm. You know, they are primates, they are our closest cousins. And like gibbons, they they shared like 96% DNA with us human. So, and they have like close family unit where if you pet them they, they thought you are their parents and mm-hmm. they just you know when you just abandon like that it's just abandoning a child right don't know how to live but it's yeah
0: that's what I was seeing in my head I'll, you know like you wouldn't do that to a child why would you do it to a primate. I mean, they have the same growth progression mm-hmm. for the most part. They have their toddler stage. They have their prepubescent stage. They have, you know, the teenager stage. They have all the same stages that we go through. And if you abandon them when they get to the toddler stage, then you're really setting them up for failure because they don't know how to exist in this world. And I think that goes with a lot of wild animals. If you don't teach them how to navigate their world as they would naturally, Mm. and you just leave them to fend for themselves, that's, it's just not fair. It's abuse, honestly.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, there seems to be still a very large number of people who view animals as disposable. And as entertainment and as soon as they are no longer fulfilling their quote unquote purpose, and they're no longer cute anymore, or they're start to become too much work to look after then people don't want them anymore. It's just really sad that there's just this lack of understanding or lack of desire, even to understand in a lot of cases. It's really wonderful when. We can have people like yourself who help to bring this education and bring this knowledge to people. It's still not going to reach everyone because there's still some people who wouldn't bother to listen to this, but hopefully there will be people who will listen to this who may have not considered this information before.
2: Yeah, Yeah. with the mentality of some people that considering the fact that they are wildlife and they will know how to survive. That's why they just hard release them, you know, leave them nearby the forest. That's the saddest part, you know, the saddest mentality in us. They didn't, because these animals, they have feelings too. They, they know fear. They mm-hmm. they can feel, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, They This they, are really the saddest part. Thinking that because they are wildlife, we don't need to think about rehabilitation they can be so they can survive without rehabilitation
1: Mm -hmm. yeah they need to learn yeah Mm -hmm. through your rehabilitation do you try to help them I guess you help them to learn how to be wild again but do they start to lose their trust with humans after a point of time or is that still something that remains even once they are back in the wild again
2: um the how to say the main objective for rehabilitation is to release them back to the wild with the approach to minimize human contact mm-hmm. actually because they used to be pet you know right so the programs under rehabilitation itself are carefully designed so we can actually still can help them but, but with the purpose they will not rely on us fully mm-hmm. this is like a motivation uh how to say motivation technique and then um, brain stimulation, you know, and that let them be among themselves. So in our project, yes, we still feed them, like we have like a, a timing, we feed them, but they are also, most of the times so we will let them be among other Gibbons and let them socialize with other Gibbons. Because some cases that we receive, like, like you know, stereotypic behavior, Gibbons that started to harm themselves pull their own hair bite their own hand mm. so this kind of um, issue that we need to tackle and with the program you know the uh, try to distract them doing enrichment and all slowly we can see the progress uh, from that you know when they they will slowly stop hurting themselves mm-hmm. and also there are gibbons that don't like other gibbons because they thought they already they are humans mm. where they pick a fight with other gibbons and you know kick them chase them away mm-hmm. but they request for our attention you know these kind of gibbons they don't want to be with gibbons they they want to be with human so we can't really force them like we slowly detach ourselves because i believe that because they have feelings too they they used to have like a gibbons parents then suddenly they thought human are their parents it's already it's a uh, one heartbroken time when they are the parents being shot mm. in the jungle so when they been separated by their owner is another heartbroken mm-hmm. so if we just use force to just leave him there leave them there with other gibbons without you know they will like become confused who de- they really are mm-hmm. so that is why the approach is like slowly detachment process let them um, trust other gibbons for a proper introduction mm-hmm. so this that's how we did it mm-hmm. So do you have a facility
1: or something in the jungle part that you sort of house the gibbons and make the transition?
2: Yes, we have like, uh, for me, it's basic facility when I compare to my friends' (laughs) centres. But we have three stages where, you know, the gibbons, newly arrived gibbons, how we... Uh, sorry assess their behavior where they are with their wild behavior and then slowly they will go to the second stage where they started to socialize with other gibbons and then the third stage where they you know they will be ready to be released and start you know looking which individual they like you know how to say matchmaking mm. you know so that are the stages that we have at our center but it every individual individual will take they're on time we I can see that it's similar like me in school where you know I don't simply just know everything all of a sudden I can see that every individual will take time to learn things so yeah mm-hmm. that's how we did it yeah so I have a question do
0: you ever come across a gibbon that you cannot release back into the wild does that happen and if so do you partner with facility in your area where they can go and live out a happy life if they cannot be returned back to the wild?
2: Um, for now, I can see there's one individual, sadly, that don't really have potential to be released due to the, she has like really bad, bad, uh, problem. She keep on like, you know, rubbing her vulva on the wall and then, you know, biting her palm. We tried so many different approach, try to socialize her, but she just, you know, want her own, uh, because she's like 10 years old now, you know, it's been a long time. She's, She's as a pet. So the things that we can do is just to reduce, you know, her stereotypic behavior, but because there are seven criteria for, to make sure this individual can survive in the wild. So if she cannot with other gibbons, the potential of her to be released is quite low mm. and also her stereotypic behavior. But yeah, we, we did provide a place for her. If she cannot be released, she can spend he, her whole life with us at the center. Nice. Mm.
1: That's great. What um, is the typical age that a wild gibbon would live till?
2: Um, they can live until around 30 to 35 mm. in the jungle. Mm-hmm but for in captivity the latest record is 62 years old
1: Mm.
2: wow because they don't need to compete for food you know but in the wild, they can live uh to 35
0: yeah yeah so in captivity it's almost like a human lifetime
2: yes yes but i
1: suppose that still would depend on how they're being cared for if they're getting if they're malnourished and that then i would imagine their lifespan would be much shorter than in the wild
2: yes yes i agree
1: yeah How do gibbons that need to be rehabilitated come to you? How do you find out about them?
2: Um, Some of them just, you know, from friends talking, but most of them are from the, you know, from the awareness. When do we do events, talks, and we got media coverage, and we receive, you know, surrendered gibbons from that where people start re, started to realize, oh, they should not be kept as bad. Mm. And the sooner they've been surrendered for rehabilitation, the higher percentage for them to, you know, to can be released back to the wild. So yeah, most of yeah is a surrender case from the public.
1: That's great. It's like that. Sh- that is a really strong indication that what you're doing is making a difference that people are starting to realize absolutely so how can people help you with your project and what can people
2: do um i think the most important to you know keep on spreading the awareness help educate people about the importance of living the wildlife in the wild if we love them love is to let go just leave them in the wild respect their in their habitat and the other things, if for you, people can come to our center for volunteering and do the internship program. And if they cannot come to our center, they can also help volunteer their skills through our, you know, through online, like in our events team, uh, or become our fundraiser, mm-hmm. or yeah, be our online volunteers. And also, of course, if they want to donate, they can donate to us. They can also buy our merchandise and keep on spreading the awareness.
0: Awesome! Well, we're going to put all that information on how they can donate, how they can support and all of your links that they can go through to get to the portals that help with whether they're online or Mm -hmm. they want to do an internship locally or whatever. We'll put that on the show notes. So Mm -hmm. read them people. Mm -hmm. It'll be right there and we need to support these organizations because they're doing such great Work now. I if you don't have another question, I would like to learn more about the children books coming out. (laughs) Okay, because I'm really excited about that.
2: (laughs) The children books is actually a journey of uh expat Gibbons. What are the you know the how to say the things happen to her when she's been taken out from the jungle, the parents been killed, and then what the process that she need to went through before she can she can be released back to the wild. Hmm. Actually. This book, one of our objectives is, of course, to make people realize the importance um, of proper rehabilitation for gibbons and other wildlife. Mm -hmm. And the second one is to motivate and inspire young children to, you know, if they have, like, problems in their life, to motivate them that, actually, if a gibbon can face all these difficulties in life and be motivated again to live, maybe you can can also do the same. Mm -hmm. So it's also to inspire children, our readers, to live, that's, that's, continue that's, living. That's, that's so awesome. cool. You
0: guys can't see it, but I get a big five <laughs> smile on my face because I love that. We got to teach them young. Mm-hmm. And if we can train the generations coming up, these animals are going to have a better possibility of thriving mm-hmm. within their natural habitats. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So let's just finish up with just a little bit more information about them in that she was recently a winner of the prestigious Young Leadership Awards by The Edge and has received the 2018 American Primatological Society Award. She was chosen as one of the top five women in leadership in environmental sustainability in 2017 and has been widely featured by both local and international media. She has also been recognized as Malaysia's eco-champion by Jane Goodall's Roots and Shoots. That's amazing. That's a
0: great honor. Congratulations.
1: Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: One person can make a difference and you are making the difference of like a hundred. So thank you very much for your work. Mm. Very excited.
2: Thank you for inviting me also. I would like to extend, um, you know, invitation. If you guys want to come to Malaysia and visit us, I will, what you call, open a red carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much I, we, we may take you up on that yeah. at some point in the future
0: <laughs> be great to see all the great work that you do and mm. and i hope it continues on and on and on and your legacy survives well past your year so it's great work these animals definitely need us mm-hmm. so thank you so is there anything else you want to uh ask her or should we let her go back to work and help these gibbons <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: I think we're good, but um, maybe if something new transpires or even if we just want to review what you're doing in the future, maybe we can do another interview with you at some point.
0: I'd love to have you back. Do you have any last-minute words?
2: Uh, last-minute words? just if uh, people out there, your listeners want to you know get updates about our work, they can follow us on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. our our website at Gibbon Conservation Society and I would love to you know be your guest again to updates or anything that you need just to spread more awareness Mm -hmm. about Gibbon yes we'd love to do that yes
0: definitely you always have a home here (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much well we will let you go to do your amazing work Mm -hmm. because it's in the morning where you are right now so (laughs) you probably have a full day So thank you for joining us here on the Animal Files and congratulations on all your success and Mm -hmm. much luck to you in the future.
2: Yes. Take care. you You too. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a great
0: conversation. I'm so excited for people who do incredible work like Bam does. And I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you want to learn more about her and the work that she does, as well as the, the Gibbons Conservation Society, we will have all that information for you. We're going to put it on the website, theanimalfilespodcast.com. And we are going to add all of that stuff in the show notes so you can Get all of that. And if you have any ideas of what you would like us to talk about, any interviews that you would like to see, you can always email us at the animal files podcast at gmail.com you can join our facebook group the animal files community and we also have a page you can follow for any updates and that is the animal files official and then you can also find us on twitter and instagram so just do a search and you'll find us i promise you
1: (laughs) i promise you And if you'd like to support what we're doing and would like us to continue bringing great interviews and content, then consider supporting us on Patreon. And we also have some merch that uh, you might be interested in as well. We can share those links with you in the show notes as well.
0: Yep. You'll always find a way to get to these things. I promise. We're here to help you expand your mind, to educate you, to showcase incredible humans doing incredible work for these incredible animals. And hopefully that will continue for years to come. (laughs) So that is it for us today. I hope you've enjoyed that. Keep listening because we're going to have more interviews coming up throughout the year. We are so grateful to be back with season two of the Animal Files podcast. So join us on the second leg of our journey. Have a great day, everybody, and we will see you next time.